You're listening to She of the Wild, growing our souls through creativity with Beth Mori. That's me! The She of the Wild podcast, episode 10, I think. Oh my gosh. Um, So if you are listening, or if you have been listening to the She of the Wild podcast, you'll have noticed that I totally disappeared. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't think I've podcasted since the summer, which is a little bit silly, at least in part because I have an interview episode already recorded and almost ready to go, and it's a really fun one, so I should have just put it out, but I didn't, um, and I will put it out in January. Um, I'm recording this on New Year's Eve 2016, um, which the entire internet says has been kind of a terrible, hellish, no good, very bad year, and it kind of was for me too, and this particular episode of the podcast is not about anything inspirational or creative or anything like that really. It's just a, this is what I've been doing, what I've been going through, what I've been up to since I disappeared six months ago, five months ago. Um, And then from there we can move forward. But I thought it was important to kind of catch you up on where I've been personally. So I, like everyone else, in the world. (laughs) 2016 for me has been, um, rough, unexpectedly rough. And I made some difficult choices this year and I was surprised by how hard living with those choices has been. And they're not like negative things or terrible, like, like I haven't done anything bad sort of thing. Um, but you know, I thought I was ready to take on these bigger challenges and, whether I was or I wasn't, I'm having to, and it's been a bit of a struggle. And in the midst of that, my anxiety said, hey, I'm back. (laughs) Um, Not that it was ever really gone. I do take medication for anxiety, and it's a huge help to me. Um, I share that because I think that medication taken for mental health, health, mental health, um, is often really stigmatized and people feel ashamed that they have, that they're depressed or they have anxiety or they have bipolar disorder or they need to see a therapist. Oh my gosh. They have to talk to someone about their problems sometimes. (laughs) Um, I think that all is really good stuff. I think that having Um, a therapist or a psychiatrist or some type of counselor that you can talk to and just focus on your stuff and how to make your world a better place um, is really powerful, especially because when we have uh, an inner inner world that's really healthy and grounded and well-rounded, balanced, then we can be a more effective 
outward force in the world, you know, with our families, our kids, our coworkers, at our jobs, with our passions and our creativity, changing the things in the world we would like to see changed for the better, taking things out of the world that we think have no place there, being with other people, we can do all of these things far more effectively when we are okay ourselves. So I am not ashamed of the fact that I have anxiety and sometimes tend toward depression. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that um, it's a pain in the ass and I often wish I had something else that I was dealing with health-wise. Um, just because the nature of anxiety is so tricky and obviously it's in your mind. Um, and so as a result, so much of your healing is in your mind too. And like I said, I take medication for it. So that is a big help to me and it has really unlocked me in great ways. And I am super grateful. But this summer, even though I was taking, <clears throat> excuse me, medication, because I was having these life events happening that were more stressful than usual and I was feeling more strained personally, <clears throat> like I was having to carry more, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the medication wasn't working as much because my anxiety was far higher and so the medication wasn't doing as great of a job as it had been so I was having all this breakthrough anxiety and my personal anxiety comes with this fantastic <laughs> read sarcasm this really excellent um vestibular balance issue where I feel like I'm on a boat like I'm walking on a boat even though I'm not <laughs> I'm on the ground and I um just feel really off balance and sometimes my world spins a little and it's, it's very scary to me which is a problem because the balance issue feeds the anxiety which feeds the balance issue which feeds the anxiety and you can see how this would be you know a, a, a cyclical issue <laughs> so um I was um you know I spent the summer kind of trying to like stick it out and just push on through, push, push, always pushing. I feel like I've been pushing for the past four years, at least. I've just been pushing myself in the past four years. Five years is when I had all my children. On top of that, I've this is when I experienced my creative kind of awakening. I've put out two books. I've put out a number of paintings. I put out two e-courses in that time. I became a certified dance instructor. Um, all of this stuff in this really intense period, really uh, a focused period when I was also taking care of babies at the same time. There's a lot of pushing in the past four or five years in my life and I don't regret any of it, but I feel like it's beginning to come to a head, especially with this new life challenge that I've taken on this year. Um, so, um, as a result, as a, as a response to the heightened anxiety I was experiencing this fall, I talked with my doctor and we decided to boost up my medication. So we boosted it up a little bit and then boosted it up a little bit more. And then all of my balance symptoms became way the heck worse. Um, and that freaked me out. So I decided, well, if this medication is doing this to me, um, which I, that was my guess that it was a medication change that had triggered it being so bad balance wise. I figured if it, that was what the medication, medication was doing, I didn't need it. So I got off of it and 
I didn't get off of it as slowly as I should have. If you're getting off mental health drugs, please, 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 please taper off slowly. Um, it seems like it's okay at first, and then it's all of a sudden really, really bad, and you're uh, having a huge flare-up and whatever issue that you take the medication for. Um, that's what I found myself facing. And so I decided I am going to figure out how to manage this anxiety beast on my own. And I, I don't know why I've never really researched anxiety and how to cope with it before, because I am the researcher. I've been through a lot of big shit in my life, as I'm sure all of us have. And whenever I find myself faced with a large or small problem, I always take to Google. <laughs> I research on the internet. I read all the books I can find on the topic, but I haven't done this with anxiety. And I think partly beca that's because I was resistant to the idea that I had anxiety, but I I believe that I do. My doctors very much believe that I, that I do. My therapist believes that I do. I have come to believe much more certainly that I do. So I tried to undertake this um, like holistic anxiety management thing, and I don't think that's a bad approach. However, it was not going very well for me, and I have two young kids to take care of. I'm on my own, and all of this, like one day I just realized, you know what? This like trying to manage my anxiety on my own without medication is a really good idea for when other stuff in my life is more stable. It, it feels like right now I'm in this really like middle zone and I, I don't, um, like I don't know what direction I'm going in. Everything feels like it's up in the air or falling apart. However, whichever metaphor you prefer. Um, I was like, maybe I should maybe try this approach when my feet feel like they're standing on solid ground metaphorically, even though Physically, my feet often don't feel like they're standing on a solid ground. That's a terrible metaphor. But hopefully you're following me. So again, talked with my doctor, talked with my therapist, and they were all like, yes, we agree with you. We just wanted you to come to this conclusion on your own. Let's try a new medication. So I am on a new medication now. And it's similar to my old old medication. And I'm having all these really flared up balance issues. And the first time I had balance issues was right after my second son was born. And I'm having all of the same problems again. Um, and I was having all of the same problems I was having during his pregnancy when I was off my medication. Um, I was having those problems again in the period when I was not on medication this past uh, fall and winter. And that really convinced me that it, what I'm dealing with is anxiety. Because at the time when I was pregnant, I thought I was just really sick and nobody could figure out what was going wrong. And the fact that it all came back at a time when I wasn't taking any mental health medication that has in the past helped me and that, that, that the time when I was off medication is the only time it's come back since, it, since I was pregnant um, really convinced me that all of those symptoms indeed as trippy as they can feel, are anxiety symptoms. And so now I'm on the medication. And the medication I took right after my son was born, um, well, I took the first dose, and less than 24 hours later, I had my first bout of serious vertigo. And um, I realized today 
that the same thing happened on this new medication less than 24 hours later um, with my pregnant, you know, when, I was, when I had just given birth to my son, I was in the hospital. So that was kind of nice that I was right there with medical attention. <laughs> and they just basically told me I was dehydrated, which now I'm like, I don't believe you. <laughs> um, it happened again. This time I was in Barnes & Noble. I was walking into Barnes & Noble and everything was fine. And all of a sudden everything felt really wonky and unsteady and the sensation I get is like the whole floor, the whole earth even is like under my feet is going to pick up and tilt and I'm going to fall down into God knows what. <laughs> and obviously that is not going to happen unless we get hit by some massive meteorite and I would have like some sort of sign that that was going to happen before it happened. Like it's not going to happen in the middle of Barnes and Noble without some like sign in the sky of a meteorite about to smash into earth right it's not just gonna happen out of nowhere obviously it's on my head so it freaked me out I mean the Barnes and Noble thing freaked me out it happened again at the grocery store the issue with this balance thing is that it is worse in more stimulating places and and it's very like medically known that the balance issue I have is very tied to anxiety um, so they, like I said before, they inform each other. So anything that's that's a stimulating location, like a grocery store or Target, where there's lots of different things on lots of different shelves, lots of different colors, the lighting is kind of harsh, the floor is really bright and white, there's people around, maybe a lot of people. Um, I went to a grocery store on Christmas Eve, I think, and... Uh, I felt like I was going to just fall over in the store. And it was really disconcerting because I'm like a mid-30s woman in fairly good health and shape otherwise. So to feel so at a loss physically has been really scary. But it's now been two weeks since I started taking my medication. And um, the kind of medication I take and the, you know most mental health drugs that you're going to take for depression or anxiety or something like that, they are going to take a long time to be fully effective. I mean, minimum, we're looking at a month, probably more like six weeks, three months, maybe even six months, depending on the severity of the issue you're dealing with and how long it's been going on. That is going to inform how long it takes your brain on medication to come to a more steady place, okay? So I don't know how long that is going to take for me. In my mind, I'm telling myself I've got at least another month to go, probably longer. But recently, like very recently, in the last few days, I've been feeling more hopeful. And I realized that it's probably, at least in part, a result of the, of the medication working, which is really encouraging. Um, I didn't have that sensation before when I was pregnant or right after the birth of my second son, probably because I was dealing with a newborn and was super sleep deprived. Um, so now I'm not, I don't, not shackled by the sleep deprivation. So I feel like my, my road back to a steady brain place might be a little bit smoother, um, a little bit less scary, but mostly less scary because I have some tools in my anxiety fighting fighting tool built that I didn't have before. Um, I've been reading a lot of 
books and listening to a lot of books by a doctor called Claire Weeks. And Weeks is W-E-E-K-E-S. And I super recommend her, um, her literature. She studied anxiety back in like the 40s before re- people really thought it was a thing, a real thing. Um, and she calls it nervous illness. Oh, she calls it something else as well, but that's on like the title of her books. Is, um, it talks about nervous illness. Um, like one of her books that I've been reading is called Hope and Help for Your Nerves. And she really walks you through in a it walks you through anxiety and how it manifests both physically and then in your day-to-day life in a way that, at least for me, was far more understandable than the way that anyone else has put how to deal with anxiety to me before. Um, and so anyway, I super recommend her books. I recommend the Anxiety Coaches podcast and I re- recommend the Anxiety Guy podcast. Guy, G-U-I, not guide with a D, but guy podcast. Um, they all are big fans of Claire Weeks also, so you'll probably hear from them about her as well. But I've been just trying to equip myself and also and just surround myself with unbiased, trustworthy knowledge and facts about the fact that what I'm going through is not a symptom of me like losing my mind or descending into some sort of mysterious illness that doctors won't find and it's going to eat me alive from the inside until it's too late to like treat it once they finally figure it out that it is something wrong. No, it's all anxiety. Um, and it's something that I need to, um, maybe treat with medication. That's how I've chosen to help deal with it right now. But I know that I, at least I don't believe that medication is a long-term solution, at least not for me, um, from what I understand about, um, you know, the, the, the life of anxiety, or sorry, the life of anxiety medication in your brain, um, and the long-term help it can or cannot provide possibly. Um, so I feel that in the future, I would at least like to try again during a more steady time in my life, like to try going off the medication, slowly tapering off of, off of it, maybe over like six months or a year, and then trying again to manage my anxiety without medication. Um, but I'm going to implement implement those same practices I've picked up from the podcasts that I've been listening to and from Claire Week's books. I'm going to do those same things even though I'm on, on I am on medication and so my anxiety might not be as severe because I think it is essential to practice to practice what is ultimately um habituation, getting your brain used to doing certain things without freaking out about it and desensitization. There we go. Um because anxiety is basically the result, or I guess it's the accumulation of lessons you've taught your brain and body about how to react to certain situations. And so over time, um, you should read the books and listen to the podcast, because I'm not going to say as eloquently as they do. But over time, unknowingly, you teach yourself to have more anxiety. And so you could become so oversensitized, so oversensitive, your nerves are on high alert all the time and you're not even doing anything. You're taking a freaking shower. Um, 
So you have to slowly retrain yourself to be like, you know, body, I am only taking a shower. And you might be nervous and have all these shakes and whatever, or I might have a high heart rate or my throat might feel like there's a lump in it or my stomach might be queasy. Um, but you know, this is a, this is a symptom of anxiety and we're going to get through it and it is actually normal for anxiety and you don't have to be freaked out brain and body but if you are that's okay I'm, it's cool let's just take a shower anyway and slowly if you implement that kind of a mindset over time over time that's that's the essential part. Unfortunately, there's no quick fix. God, I wish there were. <laughs> um, over time, your nerves should calm down, right? Your body and brain should get used to just normal everyday stimulus, stimuli. Um, yeah. So I wanted to record this podcast before I feel totally okay again. Um, hopefully, I will feel totally okay. Okay again. I'm pretty hopeful. Um, that I have some good tools in addition to the medication and my great doctor and my great therapist. I have some extra tools I'm working with that I didn't have before, so I'm feeling pretty hopeful. Um, what was I saying? I just lost my train of thought, guys and gals. Oh, I wanted to record this podcast um, unedited, as you can tell. <laughs> I wanted to record it now because I think that stories from the dark side are really encouraging. Uh, not that I'm on like the dark side of the forest, or maybe I am. I don't know. No, I'm not really not. But um, we always hear the afters, the after story, right? Like we, oh, we hear what happens in the end, okay? And then everyone lived happily ever after. And then they got over that illness. And then they came, they overcame their fear and everything was fine. Well, I want some voices that are speaking from inside the fear and inside illness and inside before happily ever after. And so I want to be one of those voices too. I have an opportunity and I'm taking it. I'm giving that to you. If it's something you need, then great. Here you go. If it's not, then that is okay. Um, but I, I firmly believe there be, should be more voices from inside the hard thing while the hard thing is happening. So I'm inside the hard thing now. It's gotten a teeny bit better, maybe. At least I just feel a little bit more hopeful about it. And I've noticed I'm um, becoming more interested in other things that I used to love to do. Like today, I really wanted to read some fiction. And I was like combing my house for fiction. Um, which is not something I feel like reading when I'm in the depths of depression or anxiety. I just, I don't, I don't give a shit about reading. Um, I do care about reading self-help books to try to get myself out, <laughs> but just fiction? No, not really. Um, art? No. Writing? No. Dancing? No. Um, yeah, so I've been noticing some interest in, interest in doing some of those great things I used to love and usually love is coming back a little bit. So that's good. So I feel like that's a sign the medication is kicking in a little bit, but it's also still really hard. Um, my anxiety is highest in the morning and it sucks to start off the morning feeling your worst, <laughs> the worst you feel out of the whole day is when you get up and that sucks. Um, there's a biological reason your cortisol, which is your stress hormone is highest in the morning because that's what's that's what wakes your body up 
or it should if you, you know, didn't have to get up with your alarm clock, you know, but if you just allowed yourself to wake up naturally, a heightened cortisol level is what's going to do it. Um, so it's normal and natural to have it when you have anxiety, to have a higher anxiety in the morning, but it also is really shitty <laughs> to experience. So I'm experiencing that and I feel really kind of like a little bit woozy and lightheaded and I feel like I have to rush to eat something because I get nervous that if I let my anxiety, that woozy anxiety feeling combine too long with low blood sugar, that there's going to be like a major panic attack, which there has been. So I'm trying to get something in my belly within like 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Um, right now, what I'm doing is eating a cliff bar. Uh, which is like a protein bar, which is not maybe the healthiest thing ever because it's pretty high in sugar, but at least it has 20, 10 to 20 grams of protein, so that's good. And anxiety is best fought when you have a good bunch of protein in your system. Um, but I have that in bed. <laughs> like I put it next to my bed and I have it in bed because I have young kids, as I said, and often if I get out of bed, I'm like they're already awake usually, and I have to go right into mom mode. So at least if I can give my body that gift of some nutrition, even if it's not optimal nutrition, it's something. Um, first thing, like it's okay. It's not like eating McDonald's. Maybe that wouldn't be helpful. That that could be harmful. <laughs> I don't know. But I don't think the cliff bar is super harmful. And I think it helps a little, at least right now. So I get the food in my body right away. And then I'll have a banana in like an hour. Have some coffee. I don't drink caffeine. I drink decaf all the way. Um, but yeah, that helps a lot. Um, walking right now is really hard for me. I've been trying just to go for walks to keep my body and brain like habituated to tell it that it's okay. We're going for a walk and it's kind of bouncy. Um, because when I walk, after a while I start getting... Well, I get nervous pretty much no matter what I do right now because my anxiety is pretty high. So I get nervous about the walk because I get nervous. It's snowy outside. I might slip. There's a greater chance of me falling. Um, but most of all, I'm I'm nervous about just that floor tipping up and like up from under me and tipping me off and me sliding away like it's some weird movie, um, which again, I know is completely illogical, but try telling that to anxiety. It doesn't really work. <laughs> it sort of works. It works. If you can tell yourself that that's a logical and a gentle way, that can be helpful. If you're just like, oh, come on, it's so illogical. That's not going to help <laughs> probably. <laughs> um, so I've been trying to get out at least for a little teeny tiny bit of walking every day. Today I went out for 30 minutes, which is the longest I've walked since I, um, started my medication and I it was actually probably the best walk I've had because I had usually I do like a 10 or 15 minute walk and I'm like freaking out the whole time but this one was 30 minutes and I didn't freak out probably half the time like for the first half it was okay and it was maybe only like the last 10 minutes it was really bad I decided to go up something else that's been interesting is that I um, I've noticed I get freaked out around people and I think it's because anxiety is not only that you lose control, the anxiety is also about losing control in front of other people. So if like my fear is that I'm going to have a stroke, I'd much rather have a stroke at home than out in like the grocery store where all these people are watching and might not help me. I'm sure somebody would help me, but in my brain it's like 
I'm just going to be in front of these people dying from a stroke and it'll be super mortifying and deadly, <laughs> which it sounds kind of ridiculous, I realize, but there you go. Um, so on my walk, I decided to go up and walk along for a couple, just like two blocks across, like, like next to a busy street. So I was walking along on the sidewalk on a busy street and not even that busy, like a little busy. And because I'm so highly sensitized, my nerves are so, such on high alert, like even the cars driving by at a reasonable slowish, like 30 miles an hour speed and a decent way away from me. I was not in danger at all. It still made my balance start feeling a little freaked out. And then I crossed the street in front of a car that was waiting like right there. They signaled for me to cross. So I crossed and halfway across the street, like I got one of those quick vertigo spins and I was like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> um, but kept walking. I mean, it didn't stop, didn't fall over. It just, and nothing, and that's the thing. Nothing has at least to this point, has ever come of these dizzy spins. They happen, they're really scary, but they're over really fast, and they usually don't come back. And even if they do, I'm still able to function. I'm freaked out, so freaked out, but I'm not like on the floor. I'm still walking across the street. I didn't fall in front of this car. Um, But it was just, I think, the presence of the car, the expectation of the person in the car, the, the eyes of the car on me got me freaked out. Um, so my, the rest of my walk after that, it was probably like 10 or 15 minutes left in the walk. I was freaked out. And I wonder too, if, because the medication I'm, I'm on does sometimes cause dizziness and the old medication I was on also sometimes causes dizziness. So I feel like it really primed me to connect the anxiety and the dizziness together of that normal side effect. And now I kind of have it even if I'm not on the medication. Um, anyway, the deal with these medications is that they make your symptoms worse before they make them better, okay? And that sucks. It so sucks. It really, really, really sucks. And it's scary, and a lot of people get off medications for mental health right away because they're like, well, oh, my God, my anxiety was bad, and I took this medication that's supposed to help, and it made me, like, twice as bad, and... I can't live like this. And so instead of giving themselves at least six weeks to let their brain, you know, get used to the medication, they get off it right away. And that's not going to, like, you can't hop medications like that. You're going to have to stick it out on something because um, they all, they almost all of them do it. Um, I think Wellbutrin doesn't do it, but Wellbutrin also heightens anxiety. It's not, it's not a good one for anxiety. <laughs> so um, anyway. So I'm getting this dizziness from the medication and from my own anxiety. And I feel like the two work together to make it much more than usual. Um, and anyway, so that's just a little taste of how my life is. I don't like going out anywhere. It freaks me out. Going to the grocery store is really hard. Um, I even went out for like a friend's birthday, but we had ice cream and we sat in the ice cream shop and that was really hard because I just felt like I was about to fall off my chair the whole time, even though I didn't. And I walked out to my car and I was fine. I drive totally fine. I usually don't have any problems driving. Um, yep. But that's the way it is right now. And it's crappy, but I also have some hope, but it's crappy. <laughs> so I wanted to make a podcast from the crappy part to say, 
if you have gone through, are going through this, or if someone in the future is going to go through this, is listening to the podcast, you are not alone. You are not a freak of nature. You are not alone. This is actually normal for anxiety, depression, other mental health issues. This is totally normal. And there's so, so, so many of us who deal with the exact same thing. Okay? You're not a weirdo. Or if you are, you're my kind of weirdo. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I like weirdos. Whatever. I think I'm a little bit weird. But this doesn't make you this like terrible, awful, shameful person. It's not a shameful thing. It's just a medical thing and it's really annoying and or really horrible <laughs> depending on the severity. I don't have any sort of fun, tidy conclusion other than to say it sucks, but I feel hopeful and I feel more hopeful than I've felt in months. So that's nice. <laughs> I don't know if I'll feel that way tomorrow. I hope I will, um, but I might not. We'll see, I guess. I um, don't really know what's going to become of this podcast. I do have the interview I want to share, so I will do that. Um I feel like maybe this podcast needs to just be some real talk from now on with a little bit of creativity stuff. I can tell you about what I'm doing in my life. I can tell you about my clothing shop. I started a clothing shop, which you can find on Facebook. Um, you shop in one of the Facebook groups. So the Facebook group address is facebook.com slash groups slash H L Beth. Mori. So H-L-B-E-T-H-M-O-R-E-Y. Or you can find the public page at facebook.com slash wildish where. That's wildish, W-I-L-D-I-S-H, where, W-E-A-R. And that is what the shop is called, wildish wear and it has some super comfy clothing that's super pretty um leggings if you're into the leggings thing tunics with pockets in them which I am wearing one right now actually with leggings um, because I basically live in this because it's actually really great for someone who's like highly sensitive which as a person with high anxiety I happen to be that <laughs> and who has oversensitized nerves yes that is me or if you have a sensory processing disorder, actually the clothes the clothes I sell are really great because they're super soft, um, super comfortable. They actually still look really chic. Um, if you wear them with the right kind of leggings, you could totally wear it for work, depending on what your work is. I'm not sure if it could be appropriate for every job, but certainly most jobs I can think of, you could wear it for work, unless there's a specific dress code, of course. Um, but there's no tight seams usually, um, depending on how it fits your particular body. Um, anyway, I live in them. I live in my clothes that I sell. So anyway, so that's what I'm doing. I've been doing some freelance writing and have my kids. So I'm not sure. This podcast, I think, will continue to exist, but it might be coming um, at you in a much more real and raw format, which I don't think is a bad thing because... Personally, I think we need more unedited, valuable content, which I hope that She of the Wild, the podcast, is. I don't want raw content that is unvaluable. I don't want to put more crud out in the world like certain people who are on Twitter and about to become president. Oh, no, I don't know. 
to be a political show either. Although at the same time, I don't know how we can avoid that. Now I just feel like I'm talking into, talking, just talking, talking, talking without really advancing the conversation. So, so, thank you. Thank you for listening. I appreciate your listen so much. I hope this was of use to you, um, that you get some encouragement from it. I, again, think that so much of the presences we see, the people we see on the, on the internet are very, very polished. And that's not a bad thing. But personally, I find it exhausting at times, especially at times like these, when I am not at my best, when I'm at a low point. For me, it's like, oh my God, I can't be, like, I feel like I, I'm just struggling to be average, much less project some like polished, um, veneer for my life into the world, you know? Um, and again, that's not to criticize the people who are polished because we need both ends of the spectrum, right? And everything in between. So this is going to be maybe a little bit on the, on the less polished end, right? So, um, I hope that is an encouragement to you too. You don't have to have it all together, right? I certainly don't, but I do have hope. I do, I do, I do. And that is a lot counts for a lot. Okay. Happy new year. I'm sure you won't listen to this before it's 2017. So I hope your new year's Eve was safe and enjoyable and everything you needed it to be. And here's to a great 2017, even though we all disagree on so many different things with such passion. Um, I'm really hopeful. Again, there's that word hopeful that this year, all of this passion, regardless of the opinion it's passionate about, does that make sense? Passion, regardless of the topic, the opinion, topic, the target, topic of its passion, of the passion. I don't know. You get what I'm saying, right? I hope that it's all a catalyst for us all to come together and make some real positive change in the world on, you know, all ends of this political spectrum, all ends of the, um, you know, all demographics, all people everywhere. I feel like that's a Christmas rhyme or something, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. Okay. Here's this 20, 2017. I hope it's a great one. Here is today one. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the She of the Wild podcast. For more inspiration and support for your creative journey, please visit www.sheofthewild.com.